Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. Now we Would you like to increase... <laughs> All right, had a fist fight with our our, our, our earmuffs here, our our uh, uh, whatever you call these things, the uh, um, the earbuds. But welcome to Think Again. This is L. Nathan here, welcoming you to our program, uh, our topical discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York. You know that each week we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connect you to communities all across the country. Uh, make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Our program, of course, is live, so you can call in, you can join our discussion. I hope that you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. And of course, we have to talk about, you know, Buffalo finding a way to get into the news cycle. We just couldn't let it be, you know, Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and other, the, you know, the Detroit, you know, the, 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 the frequently identified characters and whatnot. We just had to find a way to inject Buffalo uh, into the story. But I want to speak about this issue from a different perspective. What happened to police officers whose jobs were to keep the peace? And just roll that for a second. What we have going on in this country right now and has been going on for decades, getting worse and worse year to after year, is that police used to be people who kept the peace. They people are, are fussing at home, you know, and it's getting out into the street. You chilled that, you know, so stop behaving like that. You know, you would interdict. You wouldn't go to putting somebody in handcuffs and putting them in jail unless it was absolutely necessary, but you would still arguments. You would make sure that people aren't uh, shooting craps, you know, behind uh, a school building, you know, and so on. You know, if a cat gets caught in a tree, you'd get the cat out of the tree. Uh, you know, somebody gets locked out of their house, you would get them back into their house. They were peace officers. That's what police were created to do. Somehow, we have allowed this consciousness to seep into our acceptance that the police are supposed to be enforcers in our communities, enforcers of the law. And they only know, you know, a certain set of laws to enforce in the first place. They're not lawyers. And so how this change has taken place where the police have become essentially the sixth leg of uh, the armed forces of the United States. That's where we have to start, uh, uh, I think, st start our, our, our advocacy, start our discussion, start our rethinking about what we have allowed uh, to go on. When you allow that consciousness to occur and you add to that the class uh, uh, biases that exist in people, the racial biases that exist in people, when you allow these things to be uh, mixed in, with giving people the authority to behave as if they're rulers over the citizens of the United States. I want to be real clear about this. Sometimes I think that maybe I just, you know, don't, I, I'm not expressing 
uh, myself well enough. The police do not hire citizens. The police do not appoint the citizens. It is the people with their tax dollars. We hire the police. We pay the police. We pay them to be servants of us. We are not to be walked on, trodden on, ruled over, abused by the people that we pay. We do not pay these people to abuse us. This does not require going to school. We should have understood this when we were born. This does not make sense to allow this evolution of the police ruling over us as if they had some authority. Their authority comes from us. We don't get our authority from them. This has to end. I took a, a little bit of what I want to talk about today from an article written by uh, Jacob Rosenberg talking about this graphic video of the Buffalo uh, police officer shoving a protester and then claiming that the protester tripped. And the, the thing that I just needed to make sure that we understand about that, I'm sure most of you have seen uh, uh, the video. You see that uh uh, this, gen this gentleman, uh, I think his name is Gugino, uh, Martin Gugino, uh, he tries to talk to these police officers who are setting up this wall uh, to get people out of Lafayette Square because the curfew is supposed to start at 8 o'clock. I get the curfew stuff. I understand that they were, you know, not obeying the law if they stayed out there past uh, 8 o'clock. But I'm not going to crack your skull. I'm not going to break your arm. I'm not going to shoot you because you were still in the Niagara Square at 8.03 and you weren't gone, you know, by 8 o'clock. I'm not going to shoot you over that. I'm not going to put that kind of, of consequence on you for such a trivial uh, offense. An article written by Margaret uh, Hartman, uh, police, Buffalo Police Suspended uh, for Shoving uh, Elderly Man. The video shows the man lying motionless on the ground and bleeding from the ear. Mayor Brown said that the man was in stable condition. Uh, as of uh, late Thursday, video filmed by uh, WBFO shows the man, uh, his, I'm right, his name is Martin Gugino. Um, he is, um, uh, I guess, with a group called People United for Sustainable Housing. But he had joined the, uh, uh, the protest. And an officer yells at him at 8 o'clock. Uh, uh, an officer yells, push him back. So the officer is yelling to other officers to push Gugino back. I'm pretty sure that these two officers did not intend uh, to crack uh, Martin Gugino's skull, but it was the indifference, callous manner in which they acted. It's a 75-year-old man. One guy puts a, a, a baton uh, into the chest of uh, uh, Martin Gugino. The other guy extends his arm and pushes a, a hard shove. The man falls backwards falls down backwards, cracks his head uh, on the ground. You can see blood coming out of the man's ear and the blood is pooling. You know, and then they walked past him. In fact, the officer, I believe, was one of the officers who, who pushed the uh, other man, turned backward to try to help the man, realizing he, he had done something that was had a consequence he didn't intend. The officer with the baton actually pulled him away from the man. I can't hear what he's saying, but it looked like he was telling him, you got to keep going because we can't break our, our, our line. 
what I understood from Byron Brown uh, in his comments on CNN and MSNBC yesterday, there were um, medical people uh, that are attached, they're embedded in these uh, th- these these um, sort of SWAT type units or elite units. There are medical people embedded in those uh, units. And it was their responsibility to come and see about this man. But they may not have understood what was going on quickly enough. I mean, they could have been, you know, 30 or 40 feet away from this man when this occurred. You know, it it wasn't like it took two hours to get uh, help to this man. But, you know, when somebody gets their head cracked like that, uh, 30 seconds can be the difference between you getting to the person soon enough to save their life and not getting to them soon enough. And so I just think that that's a very important uh, uh, situation. But the the other side of it is that it's the classic assertions. The, the city officials, the the city administration, they say they say the things that you can just expect that they would say. They asserted a police official asserted that ninety nine point nine percent of our officers every day do the right thing. They put their lives on the line for the citizens of the community. The bad actions by a few should not tarnish the badges. So you're supposed to believe that there's some kind of magnet, you know, that 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 occurs when an incident like this happens. And the only bad people on the police force, they're the ones that happen to show up, you know, when these situations occur. How come the police are not responsible under the law the same way citizens are police are citizens? How come they're not accountable under the law just like you are accountable under the law? If you see a crime taking place and you don't uh, 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 do anything to stop it or to call someone and let them know that you saw the crime and give whatever information that you had, if you didn't do that, you would be guilty of aiding and abetting a crime either during or after the fact of the crime being committed. Why is it that the police can stand around while somebody is being assaulted, stand around, actually commit, uh, uh, join in on an assault, as was the case with George uh, uh, Floyd, and uh, no one gets charged? You know, it took a day to get uh, the man who choked uh, uh, or suffocated uh, 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 George Floyd by kneeling on him. He didn't just have his knee on uh, uh, George Floyd. He, they, he was kneeling on him, putting all of his weight on him. So uh, there's a lot more we got to talk about today, but I just wanted to get started on that, that thought process. Uh, and I just want us to, rem- to remind us, the pandemic is not over. We have 110,000 people dead. We're still getting 20,000 people sick every day. We still had 1,000 people killed in the last 30 hours from this virus. So let's not drop our guard. Of course, jobs are opening back up. As you begin to open up your economy, people are going back to the jobs that they had. Donald Trump doesn't get any credit for that. It's not because of something that he did. Let me get our calls going here. Uh, You'll have to help me. John, yep, let me get John first. John, how are you doing out there? Good, Nathan. Um, Yeah, I was kind of disturbed when I watched TV today. They they had a local uh, news flash, and they showed... All these um, people coming to the court this morning because uh, the those policemen were going to be arraigned right. for to see if they were going to get charges. But just watching the crowd, they were they had to all be uh, police uh, members, I'm sure. 
But what was so disturbing to me was, and I and I, I support the police. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to. I know they have a tough job, but the thing that was so disturbing was none of them had masks on. There were <laughs> there, there was probably a hundred people there. None of them wore yeah. a mask. They were shaking hands. They were hugging each other. They 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 were they were so close together. There was no distancing. What what's going on? Uh, you know, here's the thing. That, and this is what really scares me. Is they must they must be uh, they must watch Fox News, and and feel like well this thing is not this virus thing is not as serious as as uh, you know as especially as Trump portrays you know he doesn't wear a mask so right. none of these none of these policemen were wearing a mask and and I, like I said there must have been a hundred of them there and I, did you see that this, this I morning? did see I that? did and this is the same situation that has been going on Donald Trump has created an environment where it's all about Donald Trump. So when he thought that, you know, first he, he, he did nothing for seven or eight weeks, you know, and let this thing get out into the, uh, the various states and so on. So now we got this virus spread all over the place. Then he comes with, the, well, let's shut everything down based on what the health department or the um, Center for uh, uh, Disease uh, uh, control and, and, and prevention. He takes their instructions. Let's shut everything down. So he goes to the, to the governors. The governors agree, and they shut uh, businesses down uh, across the country, which would have only made sense if you did that for a couple of weeks and used the two weeks to come up with universal precautions that businesses could be could be taking. Uh, so that they would stop the spread of the virus at their individual businesses and then get those businesses opened up. You wouldn't have had all the economic chaos that we had in this country. You wouldn't have had to spend $3 trillion of public money, uh, you know, and so on. But that's just just, just me. Uh, but this ideation that because the economy needs to open up, we just have to accept the pandemic, you know, as it is and let it run its course, that's Donald Trump. And, and the, what you see is this, uh, this this political analysis about how to deal with this pandemic as opposed to a health analysis on how to deal with it. And we're right back in the same insanity again. Donald Trump's 35, 41 percent, you know, support uh, interfering with the livelihoods and the quality of life of the other 57, 58 percent of the people in this country. That's what we're dealing with. You know, and I, you know, there's, you could see too at this in this crowd that there, you recognize the fraternity there, the union, that police union is very strong, and actually in today's paper too, they said that the entire um, fifty-seven people in that unit, they they, right, they, they quit resigned. the unit, they didn't leave their jobs, you know. Right. Notice how they do that. You know, the police crack somebody upside the head and kill yeah. them. And then, uh, you know, they, they keep their jobs. You know, they, they hide under the cloak of investigation and they keep their jobs. You know, years go by, you know, and then they just sort of sweep it under the rug like it never happened and so on. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, man. I'm going to grab our next caller. Uh, help me. Oh, gosh, it's been that long. Okay, we're, we're going to take our first break. Sorry I took so long in my opening. We're going to take our first break, and we'll see, we will see you all on, on the other side of the break. Here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify 
identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program. Restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. These are tough times for everyone. So dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-885-2929. That's 800-885-2929. 800-885-2929. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt ESPN 1520. There's a place in your heart And I know that it is love And this place is much brighter than tomorrow Excuse me, Michael Jackson. Uh, a voice from the past. So let me grab uh, Tony and Clarence first and get his thoughts. Tony, how are you doing out there? Uh, first of all, Nathan, this whole week has been, for me, very depressing, and I was unable to really watch like I normally would because I couldn't I couldn't stand what was going on. Mm. It, just, it just overwhelmed me, and um, it just made me sick, and especially these three things that I'm going to bring out. Monday. Hollow Man says he's going to put army on U.S. soil to combat the, the rioters. Now, these people that were going to be putting the army, uh, which is illegal, by the way, to, were going to be with, uh, outfitted with bayonets at the end of their rifles. Mm-hmm. I saw that on TV. Right. Second, Hollow Man has finally gotten his wall built. He's gotten his eight-foot-high fence built around the White House <laughs> that makes it seem like we're, like, it's almost like it, it, it's, a, it, it's Texas all over again yep. and the Alamo. I mean, an eight-foot-high wall. Right. To, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Now, that's why I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Second, and the last point, very simple. It's been shown that in the last in the last twenty years, five police officers have actually been convicted of some form of murder. Only five mm-hmm. out of thousands of cases. Prior to the last twenty years, not a single one has ever gone to trial and not been acquitted. 
five police wow. officers in thousands of cases. Yep. The fellow that kept the records was on uh, uh, Rachel Maddow, or one of those shows on the MSNBC the other night, and he tracks this all the time. Mm-hmm. Police, the, the police, uh, you know, they do have, uh, like, uh, they do have a tough job. No doubt about it. They did have a curfew to enforce, but they also needed common sense. You don't, you don't have a seventy. You don't, you don't push or shove anybody that is not threatening you. There was no. This man was not threatening anyone. It just and seems I to think, me, Tony, that that this was a kind of. I understand they were trying to create a wall. But you could have passed this guy to the center, or you know, to the the, the Niagara Square uh, 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 side of the where where the police were. You could have just herded him over there so that he would not be uh, directly uh, uh, stopping uh, police officers from moving. He would be, you know, inside of that, that uh, uh, on that empty area, you know, that would be, that would be to to uh, to their right. He could have. They could have done that. There was no reason to treat this man so callously, but then to not even stop to ensure that this man was okay and that help was already, was, was there for him before you let it go, that's just basic human decency. How can you yeah. not do that? What about my first point? When Hollow Man says on Monday he's going to take and use the, the United States Army He's just, Tony, he, he, he wants to exercise power on every level, every, just because he can. He sounds, he, he reminds me of this Kim Il Jung, uh, Un, whatever his name is, in North Korea, John, John Un, in uh, uh, North Korea, you know, who just likes, like, like it's toys, you know. Uh, you know, I got missiles, you know, I got, you know, rockets, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. Trump is the same thing. You know, yeah, he well, just wants to he wants to use power because he can. It makes him yeah. feel great when he does what that. About, what about him using that power on Monday night, using Black Hawk helicopters, right. all kinds of different stunt grenades? People were, were, were protesting peacefully, and he decided to take and destroy that peaceful march yep. and turn it into a chaos. Yep. That, this... This hollow man built his wall, though. He got his eight-foot tents. I hope, I hope he loves it. Uh, look at all the things going on in the world that we're not even talking about. Right. Do, you know, do you know that in Arizona they don't even have enough beds for the pandemic? That's of course. Them? Of course. And, and think, keep in mind, we had this, this tremendous uh, uh, growth in infections in the Northeast, particularly in, in uh, New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut. Now you've only got like maybe between those three states combined, 200 deaths, you know, in the course of, in fact, less than that uh, 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 from day to day. But the rest of those deaths have been made up by new deaths in these what they refer to John refers to as the flyover country. All of these places that acted like they were exempt, you know, from the pandemic. They're the ones where all of the cases are occurring right now. So. All right. Thanks, Tony. Uh, let me grab Al. Gosh, we had him on for 20 minutes. Al, how are you doing out there? I'm doing okay. Yeah, I think the twist our president is giving the whole country is a case of uh, interpretive whiplash. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, you never know what he's going to do. He's, he, he's kind of like that, the, you know, 
the box of chocolates, you know. And Leo well, you know what he's going to do. He's going to do whatever is going to make Donald Trump the center of attention. That's what well, he's going to do. We already know that. We've, we've already established the fact that Donald Trump is who he is. We, but we have to look at it this way. Donald Trump is a symptom of what we failed to do. Donald Trump is a symptom of, of our inability to organize, you know. We need to organize. I don't know how Martin Luther King was able to galvanize people the way he did. But there's, there's like when you said to put it in, histor- in a, in a historical Historic context, context. Yep. we have to learn what did Martin Luther King do? What did he tell the people from the far left on when, when they criticized everything he did? Well, I, I can tell you with Martin Luther King, if you think about just a particular incident, the, the, the March on Washington, that was not something that started out where at the top, you know, Martin Luther King and some top leaders decided, let's march on, on Washington. What they found was that lots of people in small communities all across the South had just gotten fed up with waiting on the federal government to do something about the things that were going on in the South. And they began to press for a march on Washington. And when Martin Luther King saw that there was momentum at the bottom of the, you know, the, the, the bottom layer of the movement, he was able to tap into that momentum and use that uh, to create that great uh, 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 protest and, and rally that took place uh, in Washington. And so right. I think that's part of the core of this is you got to get the people themselves, the people at the bottom, the grassroots, you got to get them stirred up and get them to make uh, uh, their, their, their their views, their, their their wishes known. Right, and in the words of Rebecca Salnon, okay, and I, I love I love her. She's she's a great uh, writer, you know. And, and she says, "Dear dear allies, forgive me if I briefly take my eyes off the prize that brush away some flies." But but the buzzing has gone on gone on for some time. And she says, "I have a grand goal, and that is to counter the Republican right with its deep desire to annihilate everything I love and to move toward far." Far, I'm sorry, to move toward far more radical goals than the Democrats have ever truly could ever truly support. And in the course of pursuing that, however, I've come up against the habits of my presumed allies again and again. Oh, rancid sector of the far left, please stop your grousing. Compared to you, I or sound like a Teletubby. If I gave you a pony, you would not only be furious that not, not everyone has a pony, but you would pick on the pony for not being radical enough until it left big, sad, wet, hot pony, coat, pony tears, because what we're we're talking about here is not an analogous, an, an I'm sorry, an analogous, analog, yeah, let me try to pronounce analogous, it. Analogous, I got you. Analogous, uh-huh. a strategy or a cosmology, but an attitude and one that is poisoning us. See, we, we need to achieve incremental victories yep. in order to get to where we got to get. And that's the message that Martin Luther King told a lot of his very own supporters. Right. Because he, they, they want to change. They See, they wanted to pass gold. They wanted to collect $200. Right. They wanted to earn... Inherit That's the instant, instant society that we live in. But you, right, you're right, Al. We, you have to fight to get a lot of little battles won that collectively wind up winning the big battle. Right. Uh, right. I got to run, Al. I got to get a lot of calls in. Thanks. I appreciate you. Okay. Let me grab Frank in Niagara Falls. Frank, how you doing out there? You know, I've been an organizer for over 20 years and never seen a protest movement like this one. I, I think we're finally going to get that hope and change we were promised in 2008, Nathan. Yeah, I sure hope that this is the thing that turns the uh, the corner on this. You know, there, there's lots of people that are trying to, to derail this thing, you know, making it all about the breaking and, and, and fire setting and how bad I am, you know, and so on. 
we have to make sure that people understand that those people often are not even a part of the demonstration or the protest. They're just people that are manipulating something so that they can, you know, pursue their own agenda. We, we really got to make sure that we are focused on what we're trying to get done. It's even bigger than George Floyd. It's the very system that we have allowed to occur where police believe that it is their place for them to rule over the people. They are not our rulers. They're not barons. They're not lords. They're not counts. They're not they're, they're They are public servants. And I'm hoping, Frank, that you're with me, that you don't want to take your tax dollars to hire somebody and have the person that you hire to be your servant be the person who shoots you in the head. Not if they're not protecting and serving. I mean, that's what they're supposed to be about. But but speaking of derailing, I heard conservative media, including the radio station down the dial, bringing up the police rap sheet on George Floyd. Of course, that's what they always do. Demonize him. Like, of course, <laughs> you know, bringing up drugs and, and Nathan, to my amazement, gun charges. Yeah. You, you see, neocons love gun rights, yep. except when a minority is on. Yep. Yep. You know, and then I heard the ridiculous statement saying, you know, conservatives would never defend a criminal. And I say, ha, hmm. ha, hmm. you know, you, you want to talk about Wall Street fraud we already know about the Trump cons and scams and 40 women who accuse him. And, and oh, what about the ProPublica expose? There are, there, there are more cyber crimes committed by so-called what they call white-collar criminals that are mostly white people. There are more cyber crimes committed on one day than all of the crimes committed by all of the African people in the United States in a year. So this this it's 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 just a way people choose to talk about things, and who has? Go ahead, Nathan. Read the ProPublica expose about Deputy Deputy Treasury Secretary Justin Muzinich, Mm -hmm. who who they caught him funneling COVID nineteen bailout funds to his family. Oh right, yep, yep, yep. I saw that. I saw that. You know, funny how you never see police killing rich criminals. Yep. Hey, Nathan, do we uh, have time for me to present a public service message? As long as it's short. We got a lot of people hanging on. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll do it next week then. Okay. All right. Thanks, Frank. Let me get other John, then we'll grab uh, Ron, or maybe we'll we'll work it out. Okay. Other John, how you doing out there? Very well, Nathan, but I'm horribly upset, not not only about what happened at City Hall, but we seem to have forgotten what happened on Genesee or Bailey Avenue. Right. Exactly. We, we have we have the police assaulting uh, somebody that was being interviewed, whose name I forget, along with the Channel 4 people, you know, WBEN, I believe it was. Yeah. And we've forgotten about it. Yeah. The, the, the question is, where is the supervision and why are they not held accountable? And we, we have seen the police become a, an arrogant band of thugs. And, and, and filled no with that sense whatsoever. of, in, like they have an entitlement of we, we wielding their authority. Like, when I was young, and you all know that I'm quite old, so, but when I was young, 
I remember one t- one day I got lost. I was trying to take a bus, my first time taking a bus on my own. I was like seven years old, and I missed my stop. And I ended up on, uh, I think it was Elkins South Park or some place like that. And uh, this Officer McCarthy, you know, came by, and he says, you know, are you okay? And I told him I was lost. I didn't know how to get back home. He asked me if I knew where I lived. I told him. He put me in his car. I went to get into the back seat of the uh, police police car, and he said, no, you get up here in the front with me. And I got to literally have a joyride with the police, you know, all the way back to the Perry Projects, and he dropped me off at my door. My mother was actually looking out the window when uh, uh, he, he, he pulled me up. He was a peace officer. His job was to serve us in the community. And even though we were different races, and he probably lived in the Valley, and I lived in the Perry Projects, he didn't treat me that way. He treated me as a child. And so I'm saying that that's what is supposed to be the character of the police. We should be doing that kind of work. If you need military stuff done, call the Marines. You should not be using the police to be acting as an occupying force in our communities. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But those times, what you just described is extremely rare. It does occur, but it's extremely rare. What we have is a bunch of entitled creeps that think that they can go out and assault citizens and have and escape. No accountability whatsoever. What we need to do is increase transparency. We have to be able to review publicly an officer's uh, case or his history. Yeah, absolutely. That that has to be done. And with respect to the 57 clowns that decided to quit the ERT, I would assign them to the ERT. And if they didn't go, I would fire them all and I go after their pensions because yeah. that's why these, these people are uh, staying on the job. They want their they want their pensions. They love the public tip. Yep. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Absolutely. All right, thanks other John. I appreciate you, man. We're going to take our second break, then I'm going to get Ron on, then we'll get John and Rochester. If y'all stick with us, uh, we will see you on the side of the break. Here we think again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Reaching out to a friend about their mental health can feel awkward, which is why it helps to have something to break the ice. You could go for a walk or grab a slice of pizza. And if you're not driving, you could even use this commercial break to text them. See, that was easy. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Find more ways to help 
at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Are you a metalhead, reggae lover, EDM addict? Whatever your musical tastes, the Radio.com app now makes it even easier for you to find more of the music you love. Use the new Explore feature to discover new stations that match your interests. We're talking hundreds of pop, classic rock, hip-hop, jazz, alternative stations, and more. Radio.com has something for everyone. News junkies and sports fanatics, find your local stations and podcasts covering your local community and your favorite teams. Download the Radio.com app on the App Store or Google Play. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt ESPN This is El Nathan here, your host. And uh, as I get Ron on, I want Ron to give me a little bit of his thought about this. You know, I I was running some numbers about what typical salaries are for people in Erie County. And what I find is that fewer than 6% of the jobs in Erie County pay more than $80,000 a year. So if you're not working for the police department, you're not working for the uh, uh, school systems, you know, in your area, the likelihood is you're not making, you know, uh, uh, more than $80,000 a year, maybe significantly less. And so when I hear these police officers, you know, acting so entitled, like, you know, they're not getting enough for all of the hard work that they do, I think it needs to be said that very few people in Erie County, as a percentage of the overall workforce, make the kind of money that these police officers make. So whether you think they make more or less than they should make, they're definitely making a lot more than 85, 90% of the people in Erie County are making. Ron, what's your thoughts about that? Ron, did I lose you? Good point to be made there. Uh, and what gets me about it is, although this, I guess it's the shoe fits wear it for this, but uh, a lot of these police groups are very conservative, and mm-hmm. but they realize that then that's the next big target of the right in this country nationally. We live in a liberal New York state, so we don't mind paying our civil servants commensurate with what they, you know, their jobs are. But the people that they seem to want to support a lot are the people out, you know, like in Michigan and uh, Wisconsin. We had Snyder and you had uh, Walker. They, they, once they broke the, you know, the private unions, then they started going after the civil service. But you think right. the police would wise up and be a little more uh, supportive of, of the Democrats and of the people here in New York State that are, you know, are willing to pay for what you, you know, uh, for uh, 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 quality policing. I mean, right. these people, the radicals in the right and the rest of the country, they they're, they're want to go to these rent-a-cops. They want to pay 8 bucks an hour. So that's one thing that always kind of gets me, yeah. Uh, but there is a, a, a this culture in the police department seem to develop. Like, we know that. I've talked to some of them, you know, Buffalo police cops and try to, 
make a point, and it's like, you know, well, we know better. We're out there all the time. We're in the community, and we, you know, we, we've got this special knowledge that you as a, just a normal citizen, you don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there is that kind of culture in the police department. So yeah, I just it's a got, very right-wing, I, self-destructive culture. I, I just got a, a, some information from one of our listeners. The guy's name is Aaron uh, Tor, Torgalski. Tor, Torgalski. Uh, his 2018 salary was $81,000. That's probably mm-hmm. not counting you know, court time and other stuff that he also gets he gets paid. It just seems to me that when you're paying people relative to other people people's paychecks in Erie County, you know, uh, a, a good salary, that you would seem to want to respect the people that are paying you the salary. And I just need people to remind to be reminded: the police are not paying us; we're paying the police. Why in God's name would you think that we would want to hire somebody and let the person that we hire to serve us be the one that abuses us? Why would you think that we would want that uh, uh, to exist? So I just wanted to get that point. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, so, Go ahead. Well, and as I say, and unfortunately, there's this culture of, you know, within the police, and that's, what, that's the real problem. Now, I don't know, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, it's involved in race, I'm sure, because a lot of people are brought up in racial backgrounds. And, and uh, so you combine the we know best with the unhealthy dose of cultural racism that probably most people have. It's black and white, it's a, and you've got a problem. And, and as I say, uh, the, 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 oh, the, the thing that I keep pointing and try to point out, hey, you guys are working-class guys like the rest of us, and if you continue to support right-wing candidates and right-wing causes, they're going to cut you. They're coming after you. They, they broke the unions or public or private unions. They're going to, they're going to, if you ever get a, a hard right government in New York State, you think they're going to want to pay cops $80,000, $90,000 a year? Of course you're, not. You're going to join the ranks of the flight controllers that Ronald yeah, Reagan jumped exactly. on in 1980. That's exactly. One other thing, you talked early on very much about the, uh, uh, the militarization of police. Part of that, again, is a direct result, and people don't see this, direct result of the massive arms industry. It's, you know, it started in the rural south and the Midwest, or the, the plain states, mountains, with these militia groups. Now, then it got, by the 80s and 90s, into the, the cities with the drug gangs and that. The police are simply being outgunned with AR-15s and Glocks and AK-47s, and they started to demand, and the politicians started to give them more higher power weaponry, the armored personnel care. Yeah. You know, that's, so that's, again, that's a stump that people don't want to make that. And I'm not a big gun to grab everybody's guns and that, but we have to come to the acknowledgement that this has led, this, this growth in, in personal, private ownership of high capacity, high caliber, you know, powerful military type weapons has led to the militarization of the police. Absolutely. And freedom means that we're supposed to be able to present our petitions uh, to the to the the, the leaders, our our, uh, elected leaders in the country and have our petitions heard, even if we swear when we present those petitions, even if we drop ice cream cone, you know, holders on the ground while we're doing that. Now, we don't have the right to be breaking windows and stealing stuff from people's stores. That's a separate issue altogether. That should be treated as a crime. Well, right. And that's just something, too, these, these, the, the violence. There seems to be at least some scattered evidence. I think I mentioned this last year. And mm-hmm. I think Democracy Now! has been covering that, that some of this is agent provocateur stuff. And right. are we going to find out 30 years from now that the government was involved in some of this stuff? Cause it's it, going to turn out to be the same people that you see at Donald Trump rallies with these Nazi hats on and these 
Confederate things on, you know, acting like they're, you know, some sort of community-based militia and so on. It's going to be those people that are the ones who are at the root of this thing. Well, Donald again, Trump blames it on Antifa. Who, oh, yeah, well, and that's the thing. You know, it, it, it's, it discredits the left. That's the right. point. Just like the anti-war, remember, with the COINTELPRO, Operation Chaos, Operation Blackbird, all of those things that the government ran against the Vietnam War protests and the civil rights protests. I, I mean, are we going to find this out? The media doesn't do anywhere near the investigative reporting, the mainstream media that it used to. Again, right. uh, Democracy Now! is doing some, some of the Pacifica people. They claim they have evidence that, in fact, this is happening. Now, somebody, whether it's the government, whether it's just right-wing militia groups that are, that are private, that there is agent provocateur uh, involvement in a lot of this violence. It'll work itself out to the public pretty soon. Yeah. All right. So. Thanks, Thank Ron. I appreciate much. you, man. Talk to you. Talk to you next week. Can is it John? Let me get John in Rochester. John, 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 how are you doing? And, and tell me how you feel. How you felt? This is what I really want you to tell me. How you felt when you saw our president? Notice I used the pronoun "our" uh, president marching in front of his civilian uh, leadership about 15 paces ahead of them, acting like he was the general of a, a, a great army after he had assigned military people, soldiers, to clear out people from uh, the space in front of the uh, St. John's Eve uh, Episcopal uh, 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 Church so he could get up and take a photo uh, opportunity with a Bible which he clearly didn't know what it even how to read it what it was because he held the bible not only backwards but upside down how, how did that make you feel when you saw that well i i actually i never saw it i just read about it but i'm i'm proud of him i am i really am I, he needed to uh heal the country you, you need to go see that, you need to go see the, the video from these protests john, john john you need to go see They're the video John, 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 you need to go, you need to look at the video. You don't have to do it right now, but you need to go look at the it. video and then ask yourself again. You don't have to come back and ask, talk about it next week, but ask yourself okay. again when you see it. Ask yourself how you feel about what you see when you see it. Okay, okay I will. I, I, I can just tell you, from what I read, I was proud of the guy. I really was. I, uh, I thought he did a, that was a great thing. Take back control. I, I think I'm going to pay for some health insurance for you so you can get your medication, like, routinely. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it's anyway, not good to get uh, your medication episodically. You need, you need to get it routinely. Hard to watch. Uh, that was just hard, so hard to watch George Floyd. Uh, I feel so bad about that. And I, but, well, I, but, I, but see, John, here's the thing. A crime was committed. Clearly, a crime was committed. So yes, what yes. should happen when a crime gets committed is somebody should be identified as the committer of the crime, the perpetrator, that that person should be charged. That person should go get a lawyer. Our, our district attorney should mount a prosecution on the case. The case should be tried. It should go through that process. And whatever happens should then happen. Yeah, here's the here's the problem. And here's why we had all of this demonstration that has been going on for the past eight days. What happens is the crime was committed. It was on international television within 15 minutes after the crime had been committed. And yet nobody initially was charged with the crime when the criminals were on television committing the crime and looking at a camera smugly 
demonstrated they had really no uh, 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 feelings about what they were doing, that it was wrong at all. All of that took place. He did uh, charge the the uh, Shavin fellow. They did charge him 24 hours later. But the other three officers who were literally sitting on this man, help, this man is on his stomach. His hands are, barnac- or, 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 are handcuffed behind him, sitting on his stomach. You got one guy kneeling on his neck and the other people sitting on the man's back. And you're telling me that it took you another seven days to conclude that there was something chargeable? If it had been you, John, and it was somebody being really fair in jurisprudence, if you committed a crime on television, you would have been charged with the crime immediately. And then you would gather, you would have your district attorney gather uh, whatever evidence in addition to the video, whatever evidence was germane to the crime. If it turned out that, you know, we were all looking at the video and seeing something that, you know, was we, we interpreted the video differently, then the person wouldn't be uh, uh, convicted on the crime uh, uh, of the crime. But you would uh, the, the the issue of of uh, having a reason to you have to have a reasonable basis to charge somebody. The video is the reasonable basis to charge the person. There, there's no reason to you don't need anything else to have a reason to charge the person. Now, well, the, cop, the cop that hit his uh, leg on uh, Floyd's neck. The cop who was kneeling he was, he was on he was quickly, kneeling on his neck. Having your leg on somebody might not have any weight on them at all. Just saying they had their leg on somebody. He was kneeling on the man. His entire body right, weight right, right. was well, on this well, man. Well, what I'm asking, uh, Nathan, uh, they, didn't they charge him pretty quickly, that guy? They charged him the next day. They didn't charge okay. him right away. All right. I think that, and the other I three, think that's but, okay. And the other three people, I don't, but because if it had been you, you would have been charged. If they saw you do this and they had you right there, you're there, they would have well, charged you with the crime right then and there. Oh, I Let your lawyer. So. I'll tell you why. Because they had to do a little investigation. What was his intent? Did he realize what he was doing? That's the thing I wanted no, to. No, 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 John, 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 John. This is the I problem. Really no, no, John. This is the problem. This issue about whether or not he intended to do blah blah blah. That's what you examine and investigate after you charge the person. You don't, you don't, you you don't try to, to you don't try to, John, John, you don't try to prove the case before you render charges. You charge the person. And the reasonable, the reasonable, the reasonable evidence is the video. No, the reasonable evidence is the video. You see him committing a crime. That's well, the reasonable know, evidence. You don't know what, what extent, what is intent now, the, you was. have to work that out. You have to work it. that out in I your investigation. Like, I, I said, get off him. Get John, off him. Come John, on, come on. You have to work that but out I in your investigation like, what, after. You worked it out in your investigation afterwards. Was, was you first guy, charged the person. Well, you don't just charge him. you got to have a reasonable suspicion. You have reasonable suspicion. You have the man on camera murdering somebody. It could have been involuntary manslaughter. It could be secondary That's irrelevant. That's That's irrelevant. The evidence evidence is the video. John, the evidence is the video. The evidence is the video. I don't know if I lost John here. Did I get him? Oh no! I'm oh yeah, John, John. John, the evidence is the video. You don't need any other information in order for you to make a charge. Now you could investigate 
and do what you said. Well, you know, he was thinking about his mother. Uh, you know, he had some other things were going on inside his head. He had, he had some adrenaline rush. You know, you, you could come up with whatever you come up with in the course of your investigation. And there may be mitigating uh, material that comes up in the course right. of the investigation. But you don't try the case before you render the charges. You first charge the person who you think has reasonably reasonably believe this person has committed a crime. You charge the person with that offense, and then you do the investigation. You we'll don't do the investigation disagree. first and then do the charging. We'll agree to disagree on that one. I, I think they had to okay. give a little time to, to get more specific and get his real intent All and right. try to question him on that, and they did it within a day. I think that's pretty quick. I, I, I don't, but I appreciate you, John. I, I knew you were going to come the way that you did. Let me get Bill, then we'll try to get Mark on. Bill and Chitawaka, how are you doing out there? And I know you think I'm crazy because I just I get rattled when people say things that don't make sense, but it maybe it's just me. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. Uh, Nathan, um, <laughs> the thing about this, that, that I've one aspect of it that I find so disturbing is that this had to be such something that happens that's so egregious for, let's face it, for white people to see it and say, yeah, totally, this is wrong. And there has been like very few people on any talk radios, shows that I've listened to that well, I actually haven't heard anybody taking the opposite side or, or speaking against, except I finally on YouTube, I saw Candace Owens actually and she has no concern about the injustice that has right. been done here. Right. And it, it, it bothers me that, you know, somebody like that would do that. And so many people will say, well, maybe she's got a point. Well, she's got no point at all. And, and, and this is just, and what about all the people? And, and it's like you said, a crime has happened. When a crime happens, it doesn't mean somebody should get executed or should get shot or should get beat. Right. Just or because you get accused, guy. when you get accused of a crime, you get charged with a crime. We're not going to shoot you, you know, at that point. We're going to investigate whether or not you really did commit the crime that you're suspected of, of having committed. That's the way the and, process is supposed to work. Look at the guy that was stopped for, I don't know what reason he was stopped, but he ran away from the cops while uh -huh. he's running away. He's no threat. The cop shoots him down. Was that the guy, Scott, in uh, North Carolina? I, I don't know which one. I you remember know, that case. So this, this guy, was a, he was afraid to, to talk to the police because he had an outstanding warrant for being behind right. on pay, paying his child support. So he jumps out of the car and he runs. Even if the man runs and gets away, what is it that you're actually charging the man with that he— Failed to pay or to keep up with his child support payments. He was three months behind in his child support payments. You're going to shoot the man eight times, you know, for that reason. That makes no sense whatsoever. And 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 where was the nationwide outrage? Exactly. But I think in this case, and it heartens me, in a per, per, not a perverse, but in, in in a difficult kind of a way, in a different way, it heartens me that so many Caucasian people as a percentage of the Caucasian population, saw this and said, what in the heck is going on here? How can this man kneel on this man for almost nine minutes, three other people sitting on the man for six of those nine minutes, the man's telling you that he can't breathe, he starts calling for his mother who had already passed away, and so on. 
uh, how is that possible for that, you know, uh, 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 that to occur? And just the fact that, that there was that many people that felt about it the same way you and I feel about it, I think that that's, that's heartening, that there's, there's, a, there's a, 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 a river too far, or whatever the word is, a line too far to cross, that even Donald Trump's people, some of Donald Trump's, Donald Trump's people would say, no, you've just gone too far. Let me get Mark before we get done with the program. Mark, how are you doing out there? Hey, Nathan. Uh, John, I'm not a Republican defending the murderer. Uh, <laughs> it just makes no it, it, it and, makes no sense. And you know what? While he was pushing down on his neck, every time he pushed harder, he kept on saying, "Ah, you're a tough guy, huh? Right, tough guy. You didn't you didn't hear the audio? Right. That's he even he said he even said a couple of times, "Get up, Ron, get up." Yeah. How is he going to get up when he's got three people sitting on him and you are actually kneeling on the man's and neck? And then he dig his knee a little, little harder. Right. He's a tough guy. You're a tough right. guy. Huh? So yep. he knew this guy. They had some kind of encounter before. They worked at the same place. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the same shift, but they worked the same place. And, and that guy you were talking about uh, that got shot, mm-hmm. in the back they shot him. Right. And, you know, in, in Buffalo, $100 million go to law enforcement. In Buffalo, yep. that's forty-five percent of our of, of Buffalo's our, uh, budget. Yeah, of our budget. Right, forty-five percent, and this is an economy of punishment. Yep, that's what it, an economy of punishment. And you know what? There were more cops at those rallies than there were protesters. There you go. That's the truth. That's what we're paying for. Yep. That's where hundred million dollars in Buffalo a year for cops. Forty-five right. percent of your budget, and we got houses falling down. Yep. Thanks, Welcome Mark. To America. All right. I'll see you next week. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, folks. This has been a tough week. I thought these pandemic weeks were tough. 110,000 dead people so far. Almost 2 million people sick so far. But we're going to work our way through it. You know, as my wife always says, this too shall end. So we'll see you all next week here at Think Again. Think Again. You've been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for more Think Again.